My name is Justin LaRosa, and I serve as the minister of the downtown campus, the portico that you heard about a little bit today. You guys already heard this, so I'm going to move up a couple steps. How's that? Before we start today, let's, uh, let's just bow our heads. God, we give thanks for a group of people who gather to worship you. We all come into this place with uh, joys and challenges, some that people know about and many that people don't, but you know. So we pray that uh, all things that uh, are here today, that are said today, the silence, the pauses, the music, would impact people the way that they would need it. Help us to be the people you've called us to be. In Christ's name, amen. So, before I get into the scripture today, there's going to be a little pop quiz. I want you to memorize something for me. But it's only three letters. So it's not that hard. F, F, S. Can you say that with me? Okay. I'll be asking you about that later. So today, we're in our movie series. And it's Creed. Just out of curiosity, how many of you have seen the movie Creed? Hands up. Woo, about 20%. I'm going to have to do some explaining. Okay. So Creed is an offshoot of the iconic movie series Rocky, starring Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Stallone plays Rocky Balboa, a man who struggled to overcome obstacles in his life and in the environment to become the boxing champion of the world. And throughout the... uh, Throughout the series, he has one really formidable opponent. Does anyone know who it is? I thought some of you might say Club Lang. But yes, Apollo Creed is right. Apollo Creed and Rocky had epic boxing matches through the first couple of series. And they became close friends, even though they were formidable opponents. And they trained and supported one another. But in the fourth film... Rocky is training Apollo, and Apollo dies. Apollo dies in the fourth movie, in the ring, in part because Rocky doesn't stop the match. And so Rocky kind of has to live with that regret. And so you fast forward a few decades later, and you have Creed. And that's how this narrative begins. And early on in the movie, we discover that Apollo had an affair on his wife that produced an illegitimate son. The son who he never met because of his death. Adonis Johnson, also known as Donnie, never knew that his father was Apollo Creed. He didn't even know his name at all. That, coupled with the death of his mom, landed this boy in foster care. His His soul had a hole in it, and it was shaped like his dad. And the whole movie is an expression of that wrestle and that journey. The boy fights at every opportunity, and he ends up in the juvenile uh, justice system. But then, very early on, Apollo Creed's wife, played by Felicia Rashad, the woman who was cheated on, creates and demonstrates this Christ-like compassion to go and visit the boy and take him into her own home. 
And if we've got the clip, let's show it. I'm sorry about your mother. I know what it's like to lose someone. When your father died, I was angry for so long. I hurt myself, pushed family away. I don't have no father. What did you say? I said I don't have no father. That's not true. He passed before you were born, but you had a father. You know him? He was my husband. Adonis, I would like it very much if you would come and stay with me. Do you think you'd want to do that? What was his name? What was his name? And so begins the journey of Adonis Donnie. He is raised in a home of means, of wealth. He is well-educated and encouraged at every turn not to become a boxer. But he can't shake that desire. It was like it was hardwired into his being. He has big talent and bigger dreams. But he grapples what it means to be a Paulo Creed's son. To wrestle in the shadow of his dad's identity of the creed name. And the rest of the movie narrates this wrestle for how is he going to express his father's identity. And so in the movie, he goes down to Tijuana and because nobody's training him, he's just fighting and he becomes 15 and 0 just on his own, just his own talent. And um, he begins to train and work hard and then there's another clip that I want uh, you to watch here, and it's a real short one. He's watching an HBO documentary, and I think it really captures this sentiment of his wrestle and his identity quite well. Take, take a look. In boxing, fighters' origins can endure as the most sacred element of their identity. Shaping choices that can change their lives forever. I'm going to read that again because I think it captures something pretty powerful for us as Christians. It says, in boxing, our origins endure as a sacred element of their identity. It shapes their choices and changes their lives forever. Brothers and sisters, what I want to suggest to you today is that with a few word modifications, that clip expresses an important truth for us. Our origins endure as a sacred element of our identity, and that identity is found in Jesus Christ. And when our identity is claimed, it shapes choices that changes our lives forever. Because each of us are made in the image of God. And just like Adonis, we have something hardwired in us that is calling us to express it in the here and now, right now, 
to express that identity of the Father in the world, to make God's love real, which is our mission here at Hyde Park. God is inviting you and inviting us to be image bearers here and now. So up to this point in the movie, even in that point there, Adonis was attempting to do the journey on his own. He trained. He invested a lot of time. He worked out. He's in really good shape. He even did a lot of research on his father, watching his fights and and kind of mirroring it and trying to be like his dad. But he was doing it all alone. And it wasn't enough. He was a talented man, but he would never become the contender by himself. And you know, brothers and sisters, if we're honest, at least some of the time, We have a tendency towards self-sufficiency too, don't we? We like to do things on our own, including the spiritual journey. And maybe there's some of you here today that have gone as far as you possibly can, training on your own, trying to get to know who Jesus is. So here's a question for you, one that Jim Harnish, our previous senior pastor, used to ask a lot and that I want to ask to you. Are you more like Jesus today than you were last year? Are you more like Jesus today than last month? Am I more like Jesus today than yesterday? So what were those letters? Pop quiz again. What were they? You guys were better than 830. Nice work. You guys are more awake, maybe. That's good. Brothers and sisters, following Jesus is not a solo affair. We need others to make us better, to challenge us, to refine us, to encourage us. We need training. We need mentors, mentors and spiritual friends that don't let us go around our problems, but to go through them. We need each other. That's what the body of Christ is all about. That's what Paul talks about. We each have a part and a role. And when we have joy, we feel it. And when we suffer, we feel it. We need each other. And that's what Adonis needed. He needed help. He needed somebody or people that were further along in the experience, in the journey. And he finds a mentor and he seeks out Rocky Balboa to be his mentor. And so he he keeps asking Rocky, will you train me? Will you train me? And Rocky's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. My life's not. And finally, he's a little persistent, little little mosquito that keeps poking him. In a few ways, very few, I could identify with Adonis. My dad exited very early on in my own life. And I walked around angry with that same hole in my soul. And uh, I was aggressive like Adonis. I just wasn't as talented as he was. But you know, brothers and sisters, when I rediscovered God through the 12 steps and somebody exposed me at different points... And it wasn't just one, but different points along the way to God as a father and who Jesus Christ was. I started the journey out alone, mostly. But you know what? I was ripe for a mentor and I was ripe for a community of people who could teach me and show me the way of Jesus. And I found that 
in a number of places, but I found that here when I walked on to the campus. I needed mentors, and they taught me FFS. I learned through Disciple Bible Study, and Rob uh, is right over there, who was the facilitator back some 13 years ago, more about Jesus. I learned through Vicki and, and the Crawfords who are sitting right over there how to be Jesus out in the world in Arcadia, standing on roofs with quarter-inch plywood covering tarps in Arcadia after the floods. I learned through mentors and spiritual friends and communities and small groups that being Jesus is in the world is not a solo affair. You might be wondering, when am I going to talk about the scripture right now? Scripture today is from Proverbs, which is a section of the Old Testament known as wisdom literature. Proverbs are these nuggets of advice designed to shape and order our lives around the purposes of God. And the Hebrew people would memorize these, uh, even little boys and Girls would memorize these and other parts of the Bible so that they would seep into the depths of their heart. In the, in the scripture that Jess read, the first two verses say this. My child, don't forget my instruction. Let your heart guard my commands because they will help you live a long time and provide you with well-being. Now... That was written to the Hebrew people, and that would, those commands would have been what? The Torah, right? We don't know all those commands today, do we? But what we do know is we know what Jesus said about the greatest commandment when he was asked in a couple of places in Scripture. They were to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Bad news is your neighbor is also your enemies. Hardest part of the gospel that none of us like, if we're completely honest. It's loving all of us and all the people that are most difficult for us to love. To love God and love others, everyone. And that's really what being a disciple of Jesus, brothers and sisters, is, isn't it? When we live love... We make God's love real. We are bearing the identity of our Father. That's what Adonis was doing. And that's what we are to do. So then the question was, that sounds great, Jesus. That sounds pretty hard. To love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love our neighbor, including the people who are just the burr in our saddle. Or Islamic fundamentalists that are murdering people. Or people that have hurt you when you were growing up. Or that betrayed you or abandoned you. How do we love? How do we do that? Verses 3 through 5 say, thee, say this. They point. Don't let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Bind them on your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and approval in the eyes of God and humanity. Trust the Lord 
with all your heart. Don't rely on your own intelligence. Know him in all your paths and he will keep your ways straight. Those verses embody the how and they embody those letters. Say them again. F, F, S. I'm not going to torture you for too much longer. But that's going to be your proverb for the week. That's going to be something for you to remember, to take with you, to be a plumb line of the how. We can guard loving God and loving others, including those most difficult for us, by being faithful, by being fruitful, and by being surrendered. Faithful to spiritual practices. Fruitful in the ways in which we invest our time and with whom. And then the hardest part, surrendered to the results. Faithful, fruitful, and surrendered. And that's really what Adonis does in this movie. Adonis gets an unlikely shot at the title after a series of interesting events occur. And along the way, Adonis discovers his father's identity. Then he is faithful. He is faithful to the practices that will help him grow. Wise with who he invests his time with. He invests time with people who make him better. And he is fruitful. He learns from his mentor. And he doesn't just rely on his own intelligence. And he is then surrendered to the result of his match, of his living. So let's check out this last piece. No spoilers here. You don't find out whether he wins or loses. That clip in the scripture, brothers and sisters, reminds us that our identity is in God. And we must find it there. And we get to remember to live the commandments of loving God and loving others, including our enemies. And we can most effectively do that through being FFS. Faithful to spiritual practices, fruitful in the ways we invest our time, and then learning to live how to be surrendered people. So, what are the spiritual practices that order your life? We have a bunch of them in the Disciples Path book called the Seven Spiritual Practices that you can look through. But I want to ask you, in your life right now, what are those spiritual practices that are helping shape and train you to express 
the identity of the Father. Who are the people that are helping you become more like Jesus? Who are the people that are training you, supporting you, or maybe flip that around, who are you training and supporting? I think those are important questions because I know just from being around here for however many years, I think it's been 11 years that I've been around here and doing the new member class for as long as I got to do it, which was one of my favorite things to do, is that some of you, I imagine, might need to explore more deeply your relationship and who, who your father is in God. Maybe you don't know God as much. Maybe you just know what you knew growing up. Maybe it's time to have an adult kind of investigation into who Jesus is. I know for a fact some of you are doing the journey alone. And the Christian life is not a solo affair. I know that some of you need encouragement around doing spiritual practices on a regular basis. I'm in a men's group with Chris over there and a few others, and we are, sometimes we have to come in and say, well, we didn't do what we said we were going to do, but they help us. Some of you need a team. Some of you need to jump into a small group this fall coming in the next few weeks. And you know, and I know for a fact there are some Rockies sitting out here ripe to shape some other folks who are trying to find their relationship with their father and how to best express his identity. So your action step you're invited to take this week, number one, is to ask that question. How can I be faithful to spiritual practices? How can I be fruitful And how can I be surrendered? If you need support in doing that or figuring that out, or maybe you just want to, you want to know and experience Jesus. I I want you to write on your connection card, FFS, and somebody will call you this week. Because when we bind together and do that, the community changes. You change. We change. Out here changes. Let's pray together. God, we give thanks for a name. We give thanks that you sent your son here on earth to show us love. To show us how to be love. And each one of us... are grateful that we bear that divine mark, but help us, train us, mentor us so that we can too be the likeness of Jesus here and now as we wait for later. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.